everyone, my name is Nicole. I'm Brenna. I'm Reed. And this is FitClick. This is a podcast where we talk about fan fiction. Every episode, the three of us each bring a fic to talk about. Um, Bren, what is your fic for this episode? Um, my fic this week is The Honeysuckle Arch by Junk Shop Disco. It is a One Direction Nile Harry fic um, set towards the end of like One Direction's time together while they're still making their last album, but after Zayn has left the band. Um, I love this fic a lot. This is sort of our second time discussing it as a group. Um, we discussed it once when we just had our casual fic brunch club before we made it into a podcast, but I'm excited to revisit it. Um, Nick, what's your fic? My fic for this episode is called Try Again by Enhole Rolo. Angel Rolo. <laughs> Angel Rolo. <laughs> uh, one of those is probably correct. Um, Definitely the last one. Yeah. Um, despite the, I think, lame is illusion in the AO3 username. Don't correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I just assume I'm right. This is a fic for the Adventure Zone balance arc, which is the first arc. It is post-canon. Um, I would consider it a gen fic. Um, there's like some loop berry and I think taco Kravitz in the background, but like whatever. It's not really about that. Uh, deeply unromantic for the most part. Reed, what was yours? Um, my fic is called Ready Fire Aim, and it's by our dear dear friend and yours, Jism. <laughs> yeah, Jism's our friend. Jism is our friend. Yeah, my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, you might recognize Jism's name from the love song of the North American douchebag. Um, yes, it is a wow, folks. It's a Marvel fic. Can you guess the pairing? Surprise! It's Steve Tony. Oh, Stony till I die. Stony till I die. <laughs> Um, yes, it's Steve Tony. Um, it is set before the first event, or not set, but it is written before the first Avengers movie came out, which is very fun. Um, going way, way back for this one. I'm excited to get into it. Oh, I'm, I just realized something about this fic. Sorry, don't worry about it. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> wow, exciting. <laughs> well, now I'm curious. We'll get there at the end okay. of the episode. Um, Sounds good. So these fics that we're bringing are... Not exactly the fix that we said we were going to talk about at the yeah. end of our last episode. Because we're dirty liars. We are just mm-hmm. liars. Um, no. That's it. That's the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, hey folks, things are a little strange in the world right now. Um, and we, your hosts, did not get a chance to record our episode on our normal recording schedule and, um... Then, as you've noticed, we took a little bit of a break as we've been trying to figure out what to do. Um, just as sort of a note, this is the first time that the three of us are not all recording in the same place. Yeah. Um, so if it sounds a little bit different, just sort of bear with us. We're learning how to uh, record from different locations. So yeah, so as we speak, uh, Nick and I are, are quarantining together. We are qu- quarantine room. What did 
quarantines is what I described it as. That's quarantine, quarantine roommates for the uninitiated. Yeah, that's just one of the worst things I've heard today. <laughs> it's nice. Oh, it's bad. Um, but we are, yeah, we are recording from the same place. Um, and Bren is, Bren is uh, in her apartment. We're doing that thing. Y'all, we're self-isolating as we hope that all of you are too, just mm-hmm. doing our part to um, get through the coronavirus in this this time that we're living in. So yeah, as we were trying to figure out how to proceed with FitClick and like what we wanted to do, um, we thought we would switch up the fix that we were talking about for this episode. Yeah, so basically we just wanted to go back and sort of revisit some fix that aren't necessarily like our top sort of comfort fix, but are things that we find ourselves returning to and that are kind of like some of our most reread fix. Um, yeah, we didn't really want to do like totally themed episode um but we did want to do something that was felt a little bit more relevant to how we're reading right now and like the the places I think that we are in mentally like both as individuals and sort of like as a collective fandom yeah I know for myself I've noticed my own sort of like reading and fandom habits changing over the last couple weeks as um a lot of parts of my life have been changing and things have just been very different than usual um so i think we kind of want to talk a little bit about um yeah just things that we kind of go back to ways in which we interact with fandom when things are a little bit more difficult than usual or just very different than usual as well um i know that the girls who run the fansplaining podcast did a really cool uh like fandom survey and poll of sort of how people consume and create content and fan fiction during times of crisis that we wanted to talk about a little bit as well. But that sort of prompted me to think about what we could do in this app that feels a little bit more relevant to like where we're at right now, but isn't also is still like within the spirit of fic click and still is very much just about like sharing fics that we really like and enjoy. Yeah, I think I've noticed that over the last few weeks, I guess, um, for us, like, on Twitter and in other spaces, on Discord, we have a Discord now, please come join us. It has been, like, a very nice little uh, space of respite for me, I think, <laughs> to, like, talk to people about fic and get lots of pictures of people's pets and stuff. Um, but oh my I god, think so many cat pictures. So many cats, it's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think like I've been having a lot of conversations with folks about the ways in which we are trying to occupy ourselves, um, and the kind of content that we do or don't gravitate towards. Like I'm not a person who watches television like ever. So the way that I'm consuming content is looking really different from like most of my friends right now. I keep getting recommended shows and I'm like, I'm not going to watch this. Like, thanks. (laughs) Um, and yes, was, it's very tragic for those of us who watch just lots and lots and lots of television. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someday. Um, <laughs> your Rex are at the top of my list, friend. Well, way, way higher than my random coworker. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate that, but just so you know, my expectations are low, so yeah. you won't disappoint me if you don't watch them. Love it. God, but yeah, I was looking over the poll results, and it was really interesting because, like. For me, my reading habits have and have not changed. I feel like I am a very eclectic reader. I read across a lot across a lot of genres and across a lot of different like styles of fic and like I can go straight from like fluff to like 
action adventure drama someone like has a gunshot wound like (laughs) i read all kinds of things and that hasn't changed that much for me recently and i noticed a lot of people were saying the same thing one of the main takeaways that i got from the poll really was that like people are maybe reading more fic just in general but they're not necessarily only seeking out things that are light and happy and Mm -hmm. avoidant um yeah, and it's, I don't know, there's escapism and stuff that's not avoidant, I think. And also, like, a big reason that I have always been drawn to fiction, to books, to fic, to, I don't know, the occasional movie, <laughs> is partially, like, to see myself and my situation reflected. Um, maybe not, like, exactly this situation. I don't think that I would have it in me to read, like, about a pandemic right now. But um, I'm not only reading, like, fun, happy stuff, which I guess we'll see as we get into my fic this episode. But it was really cool to kind of read through and see not only the responses people had, but some of the questions that were asked in the first place. Yeah, something I thought that was super interesting about the fansplaining poll was just the um, ways that they chose to word things or, like, the options that they gave to some of their questions. Um, like I'm looking at one right now that was like, do you find yourself rereading, rewatching, et cetera, stories more frequently than usual? And the most popular answer is no, not really, but very close behind it is yes, because I know how they'll turn out. Mm. Um, which is interesting, um, as someone who has been doing almost no rereading, um, honestly, or the fix that I am choosing to reread or that I have planned to reread are not because I want like the comfort and familiarity of knowing how it will turn out so much as like it's one of those like oh man like I really love this fic I've been meaning to reread it just because I love it and Hmm. now I actually have the time to do so um which I think for me is like personally the honestly just the uh biggest way that my fandom and specifically my fic habits have changed is much like Nick like I'm not I'm not seeking anything out in particular and I'm not like avoiding anything in particular so much as just like I am reading way more because I have uh way more free time um which is nice, but it is interesting, like, I don't know, I guess my perception would be that I would think that people would gravitate towards, if not fluff, just, like, people would be gravitating towards, like, specific types of fic or stories, but that's kind of not what the polls show, which, uh, was interesting to look through. Yeah, I think, like, for myself, one thing I noticed was not that I went looking for fics that contained, like, a certain sort of set of content, like, I didn't go looking for, like, fluffier fix or more comforting fix or anything like that but um in general I tend to read across a number of fandoms at any like one given time like I might read for like one fandom for a week and then jump to another one or I'll read like three different fandoms in one evening like whichever way um but throughout many years of my fandom experience anytime like real world stuff gets really hard I just go back to reading Harry Potter fan fiction (laughs) um and like I am not necessarily like rereading stories that I've read before. In fact, I would much prefer to read new ones. But in some ways, I did find myself in that like, yes, because I know how they'll turn out category. Because I know what the characters are going to be like. I know how the story is probably going to end. I can very like familiar with a lot of like the sort of narrative beats that authors take for particular like tropes or pairings in that fandom. And so even when it's reading something new, it still feels really familiar and I think that's really comforting more than anything, even if they're like, even if it's an angsty fic or even if like it's a really like action heavy fic or there's a lot of violence or something, <laughs> like things that aren't actually like comforting to read, like the the knowledge of sort of the familiarity I have like with how things are going to play out like for that pairing or for that trope is really like something that just 
it, it doesn't take a lot of sort of energy on my part. I kind of know what's going to happen. Um, yeah, and I find myself just like going back to that a lot. Like I, I was thinking about it because I, I found myself doing it this time around. But then I was thinking about how I've done it like a lot of other times when things have been really shitty too. Um, and obviously like these last couple of weeks have been pretty unprecedented in my life. But just any time that like real world stuff got pretty hard or overwhelming, like I would just kind of go back to fandoms I really loved, even if I'm reading new fic for them. Um, but one thing I also thought was really interesting that they talked about like um, on the Fansplaining podcast, like when they were going over the the results from their poll, was the difference between um, the difference between escapism and catharsis, um, and how sometimes we kind of conflate the two a little bit, but how especially like right now you kind of start to see like the differences in what you're looking for as well, um, and yeah, I just thought that was like interesting reflected in some of the answers that people had. Um, so they had two questions on the poll that were like, in tough times, do you tend to think of the stories you create or consume as cathartic? Mm-hmm. And then they had one that was like, do you tend to think of the stories you create slash consume as escapism? Mm-hmm. And escapism definitely had more yeses, although for both of them, yes won out the most. And it definitely just made me think a lot about like, what do we use those terms to mean? And what can they look like for different people? Um, and I think honestly, of the three fix that we've brought today kind of like bridge some of those gaps or like show the diversity in that. Um, I think some of them are a little bit more what I consider escapist and some are a little bit more what I'd consider cathartic. Um, but I don't know. I just think it's interesting to see the ways that people like responded to those questions and like the overlap and the differences within sort of like how we, how we look at fix that we're reading. Yeah. I was thinking a little bit about the way in which people might've answered depending on like their current living situation. Mm. Um, because I, I'm not used to having a roommate. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, welcome. Well, yeah, but also, like, I'm very much not used to having a roommate that I can, like, lob fic wrecks at from the other room. (laughs) Yeah, that's a new one for me as well. (laughs) Like, I feel like we're egging each other on a little bit with, like, what we're reading. No, it's just interesting, though, because I feel like my reading habits honestly might have been different if I was writing this out by myself, as I had sort of expected to. I don't know. Mm. This is, um, I guess, like, a bit on a different track, but just sort of what I was thinking about when I was also looking through the fansplaining poll was um, their choice of, like, questions about whether or not people are using fic to cope. Um, and, like, personally, I don't think I am. Like I said, I'm I'm reading more of it because I have the time, but I don't personally see that as, like, a coping me- mechanism. Um, but it did sort of just make me think about, like, what I am turning to for comfort beyond just fic. Um And, like, something that I found surprising but, like, very, very, like, good for my heart is um, the way that online communities have been coming together and, like, specifically, so, like, um, the three of us are all on K-pop Twitter and I have seen community come together there in a way I just, like, would not have expected. Um, Like, I don't know, uh, someone that I follow was teaching, like, a morning, like, stretch yoga class and I was like, wow, I haven't done yoga since I was, like, 12. Why don't I try this? And was like, ah! I feel not only, like, rejuvenated in my body, but also just, like, warmed by the generosity of people, like, just offering ways for people to come together. Um, I don't know. It, it it sort of made me think that, like, beyond just, like, reaching for fic for comfort, it is really nice to see the ways in which people are offering as much of themselves as they can. It's kind of like, I don't know, not to be, like, too sappy about it, but, like, the goodness of humanity. Um, like, 
uh, one of our dear ficklets in our ficklet Discord server um, has been posting a bunch um, of like musicians who are doing live streams for mm. free. Um, shout out to M. I've hopped into some really fun live streams because of it. But yeah, I don't know. It, it, it just made me think about the ways in which people are trying to make this whole thing a little less shitty for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, that just sort of like makes me feel good about people and about fandom in specific. I've always thought of fandom as a space, even outside of crisis, where we are constantly giving each other things for free out of a shared love for something. So <laughs> I think maybe that actually tracks that in this space, like there would be more sharing of resources and, and drawing together and like looking out for each other. Mm-hmm. Not only. Some people are wilding out and causing drama, as usual. (laughs) (laughs) That's fandom. Well, naturally, yeah. All right, so my fic for this week is The Honeysuckle Arch by Junk Shop Disco. Um, fun Brenna fact, this is the first fic I have in my bookmarks on AO3. Um, I loved it so much. I was like, I can't lose this wow. one. So I started actually fucking using my bookmark feature. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah. So like I said before, this is a One Direction RPF fic. It is Niall, Harry, but it also includes, um, Everyone's favorite BBC One radio DJ, Nick Grimshaw, as a prominent character um, who's sort of in the relationship tags as well. Like, he's just not part of the endgame ship, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. This fic is interesting in that, like, the person who Niall spends the most time with in this fic is probably Nick, but he's not the one that he, like, ends up with. Um, But anyway, we can get into that later. Um, so this fic is set, uh, after Zayn has left the band while they are working on the production of their final album together. Um, although we as fans at the time didn't know it would be their final album. Oh, sad. Okay. Uh, so this fic basically, it's Niall POV. Um, it's pretty much like kind of a character study of him, uh, coming to terms with his sexuality and, like, coming out to some of the people in his life. Um, it's not, like, a coming out fic in the sense that it's all about him coming out publicly or, like, he gets outed in some way or anything like that. It's much more just about him starting to tell people um, and, like, come to terms with it on his own. Um, the author's notes actually say, like, mm-hmm. um, so this fic was, like, dedicated to another, like, AO3 author, Balefully, and the notes say, for Balefully, who wanted super realistic fic where Niall's gay, no one's knows, and he's never really dealt with it until he gets drunk with Nick and comes out. Um, that's basically what this fic is. (laughs) Um, but it's, I, I just love it, like, a lot, a lot. It was on my, like, top fics of the decade list. It's definitely one of my most reread fics. I don't know that I'd say it's, like, a comfort fic for me. Like, it's, not particularly fluffy. It deals with some, like, really real shit, um, but I do think it handles, like, the characters in such a kind and empathetic way. Um, it's really gentle with its Niall, even as he's kind of dealing with some really tough personal shit, um, and I think that part for me is, like, why I keep coming back to it. Uh, I think it's, like, just a really great portrayal of someone who's trying to sort of deal with these things that they've never talked about, but it doesn't feel... 
like, I don't know. It doesn't feel underdone. It doesn't feel overdone. It just like hits exactly the right tone for me. And I think I find it really relatable to a lot of the things that like Niall is going through. Um, obviously I am not like, you know, a world famous pop star in a boy band <laughs> what? Are you sure? or a girl group or anything else. Brenda, um, when we first met, you said, I am a world famous <laughs> pop star and I've believed you all this time. Wow. Oh no, Nicole, I'm so sorry. Oh my God. I can't believe I misled you in this way. <laughs> um, no, but I think just like a lot of the things Niall sort of deals with about like, how issues can kind of build up in your head to the point where, like you just never say them or wanting someone to notice something about you that you've never said out loud even when it's like really kind of demanding too much of the other person um and sort of like the idea of you of doing little things that allow people to make assumptions about you and never correcting them because it's just kind of easier um I don't know I find all of those like very relatable like um not to get like too real on fic click uh, <laughs> but I don't know I, this is just like a perfect coming out fic for me um I love the Nile of it so much and that's like why I keep coming back to it um yeah but I have some definite like particular points I want to talk about with it but um, I also want to hear what my dear friends and other Thick Click hosts have to say about it from their apartment like 11 miles away. <laughs> oh, we miss you so very dearly. Yeah. Reed, what did you think? Was oh. It, was it good? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh, um. This is so sad. <laughs> wow. End conversation. Wow. It's been real, everyone. Um. No, yeah. So... Bren mentioned this at the beginning, um, but much like Timeshare, this is a fic that predates Fic Click and actually was part of Fic Club. Um, the OGs will know, and by the OGs, I mean the, the three OGs. of us. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, so we read this um, for Fic Club. I, If you have listened to the other episode where we did a 1D fic, um, or if you're friends with me, you might be familiar that like I was not in 1D fandom. Um, I, like, wasn't, I was, like, never really in fandom proper to begin with, and, like, just as a band, like, I really had not been following them by the time that Zane left. I was like, oh, wow, wild, and then kept living my life. Um, so when Bren first suggested this fic for Fic Club, I was like, cool, yeah, I'll read whatever. Um, I opened the fic, I read, like, three paragraphs, and I went, um, into our texts, and I went, hey, so who's Nick Grimshaw? <laughs> um, which, you know, given that, as uh, uh, Bren said, given that Niall spends most of the fic with Nick, I was like, ooh, maybe I need some context for these people. Um, so which is to say, the first time that I read it, I was like, oh, I think this is a good fic. I was so out of my element. I was, like, so out of my depth. Um... And I think there are a lot of fics. I mean, we've done it on this podcast. I've read for a bunch of fics where I was not in the fandom and where I knew even less than I knew about One Direction. Um, but this is a fic that I think, um, and and I mean this in a good way, but I feel like it's very much an in-fandom fic. Like, mm -hmm. I, it, it draws on what I gather, a lot of emotions, like fans are feeling at the time and things. Nick is glaring at me. <laughs> um, I'm sure Brenna would be too. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it was interesting reading it the first time, but I was like, oh, like, I don't feel like I have the perspective to like fully appreciate this fic. Um, and now it's been like, I don't know, nine months, maybe a year. And in that time, um, I've heard Nick and Bren and also our dear friend Molly talk a lot <laughs> about not just 1D, but specifically sort of like um, post-breakup 1D and things like that. Um, and so I had, I had better context coming into this fic. 
I say better, not perfect. Nick still had to give me a timeline of 1D. I got confused. I was like, did they keep making albums after Zayn left? Yes. Um, yeah, this has been a very long-winded way to say that I was not in 1D fandom, but <laughs> that I really, really, really enjoyed coming back to this. Um, Bren floated like a few different fix for this episode, and I was like, selfishly, I would love to come back to Honeysuckle Arch. Um, just because I, I mean, I'll I talk about this fic literally any day. Just hit me up. <laughs> Don't text hey, her. Hey, ficlets, if you ever read it, just just text me. I'm oh. here and I'm ready to talk about just it. Text Brenna. Just text Brenna at yeah. uh, we'll, insert we'll, beep. We'll, we'll, we'll tweet her number later. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah, yeah sounds good. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you could join our Discord and then you'd have a direct line to That's me true. at yeah. the end of the day. So. Just join the Discord. It's much easier than trying to <laughs> find Brenna's number. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so I was like, hey, Bren, I would love to return to this fic. Um, and I, like, yeah, I really, really appreciated it so much more upon a second read. Um, just having, like, my footing a little bit better and also, I think, just having a better perspective of... I was going to say what the fandom wants, at the very least what, like, um, Brenna and Nicole's perspective of fandom <laughs> wanted out of fic. <laughs> um, it is really, really well done. The Nile of this fic is so fascinating. Um, Nick Grimshaw... Loved him. I don't, I like a homie. A homie. That's mm-hmm. my takeaway from this fic. Um, and the Harry is so, so interestingly written. Um, I don't know what I would expect fic Harry to be like, but it's not this, I think. Oh. Um, or at least it wouldn't have been. Um, if you had asked me to read this fic a year ago, which I did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have been just talking forever, but I guess my point is that I really liked it and I really appreciated coming back to it I think um the time in between gave me a lot of time to like build up some knowledge that uh yeah give me better appreciation for this fic neat ah yes I love this fic I had also read it um for fic brunch but also before that just like independently um Brenna and I like read in actually fairly similar fic circles in 1d I guess but didn't really know each other in the fandom so I'm familiar um, Brent, while you were talking earlier, you were describing it. I almost wanted to like interject spoiler horns when you were like after Zayn left, <laughs> <laughs> but like that happened five years ago and it just <laughs> happened. <laughs> no, unnecessary. Um, no, I absolutely love this fic. Um, I love the way that it handles Niles coming out. That conversation that he has with Nick by um, the titular Honeysuckle Arch is one of my favorite scenes I've read in, like, any fic ever. Like, it's so well handled. It's so earnest. It's so, like, it. it's such a good example of, like, revealing something really personal to someone you don't know very well and having that conversation, like, actually go well. It's very idyllic almost in that sense. Um, yeah, there's just so much to it. Like, there's so much context that you need, I think, to fully appreciate this fic of, like, I, I think about it a lot in terms of, like, what I consider the incredibly devastating and dramatic soap opera of this boy band, of, like, the way that it sort of fell apart in some ways, and the way in which, like, growing up alongside it in other ways, like, really changed my perspective of, like, what I wanted from the fandom and what I wanted from the band and, like, what I was actually getting out of it. Um, I don't know. It's just interesting. And, like, the way in which it delves into what fame is and does to the way that you move through the world, 
like love it we love talking about fame on this show <laughs> we have never talked about fame once on i this am podcast. always <laughs> talking about fame even when i am not talking about fame <laughs> oh it's just very 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 good overall like if you were not in the fandom i would still recommend it honestly but like if you were i would consider it kind of a must read for a lot of reasons it, it brought me back to a lot of feelings many positive but not all <laughs> that I was sort of having during during this time one thing I was sort of thinking about too is like we mentioned in sort of the intro to this this podcast episode like that the uh fansplaining poll like differentiate between like catharsis and escapism and I think this is a fic that really like rides that line for me um like I think the kind of deep dive RPF nature of it is really escapist. It's sort of an immersive fantasy world of like what this person's life could look like that we know isn't true. And it kind of also just like allows you to take a backseat in your own brain for a while, at least that's how I feel about it. But I also think like there's a certain level of catharsis from it that is fandom related. Um, Like one thing I think is really, really interesting about One Direction fandom is that despite there being just bajillions of fics about these boys, there's very little that's written um, that's set post, like, band breakup. Um, Both in the sense that, like, once they broke up, people just started posting and writing less, but also that there just isn't fic that's set in that era. Um, This is one of the fics that I've read that comes sort of the closest to giving me, like, what I wanted. Like, I really wanted like that one fic that just sort of like sort of checked in with everyone afterwards and like really delved into what their relationships would be like post the band when like they're not living in each other's pockets where like they're so removed from one another but just doesn't exist and I think I I mean I really understand why like I think there was a sort of a collective like okay we gotta get out of here now feeling Mm -hmm. (laughs) that a lot of us had um like it was a really overwhelming fandom and really intense. Um, but yeah, it means that there isn't really a lot of fic that kind of was cathartic after the fact. And I think this is one of the ones that gets the closest to that, that can really like examine sort of how the boys are like without that band setup. And I mean, obviously that band setup is like one of the things that like draws us, like drew everyone in so much. Like it's, why there's so much fic like we've talked about this the last time we talked about a 1d fic but like just sort of like the mythos of one direction as a band like why they are all there like why they got so popular is like a huge pull um but that's I think also why I really want something that like dealt with the aftermath of it and like the fallout um yeah and even though this fic isn't set in that era I think it dealing with like Zane's leaving and sort of them being more spread out and them just also like not getting along with each other as well yeah. like they fight a lot in this fic like when they're trying to like write and record like Louis and Liam and Niall are always just kind of at each other's throats like trying not to be but just like so on edge um yeah I I think I really love it for that reason too that it just sort of gives me some of that like exploration into the into the after that I really wanted Bren, I think you alluded to it, but um, the last time that we did a 1D fic, we brought up a Tumblr post. um, (laughs) Oh yeah, baby. That is just impeccable. I think about it all the time. Didn't we pull Um, it for Yellow Square? Did we also pull it for the 1D fic? 
we pulled it originally for Yellow Square, I think, and then I think we talked about it again. We probably mentioned oh. it. I, I, I may have mentioned I it. I don't know sure if we it went Yellow Square initially. Oh, so I remember being like, "This is a post about One Direction," but like, stay with me. <laughs> mm. Well, I mean, like, it's first uh, clearly a favorite here on FitClick, but also like, it is applicable to more than just One Direction. Yeah. Um, but especially to One Direction. <laughs> in case you didn't listen to those uh, episodes and you don't know what we are referring to, there is a Tumblr post um, about fame. It's very good. If we haven't tweeted it, we will after this episode, yeah. um, just because it's very good. But And like it, it has a lot to say about fame and, and people wanting intimate knowledge that like isn't meant to be ours, that is applicable to more than just 1D, which is why Nick brought it for Yellow Square. There is a bit that says One Direction is perhaps the first band to exist entirely within the Panopticon from the very beginning, um, which I don't know why, but as Bren was sort of saying, like wanting this fic that happens, like that takes place like after the band broke up, it made me think about like this line from this post where it's like you go from such a hyper focus on these boys and like they're Mm -hmm. coming together and like this really intense look at every single detail of their life and like what are their relationships like you're watching it develop right Mm -hmm. like this is this is what I've gathered from you guys is that as you're watching X Factor like you're watching these boys like get to know one another and like have to build their image as a boy band um and then to to want fic that exists sort of like when they are outside of that space and not to have it um I think is really like Hmm. interesting and I like I have no idea like a genuine question like do you think part of the reason that um, that there isn't so much of that like post breakup fic is it like is it because of like the way the breakup happened is it because like it technically wasn't it wasn't like a definitive ending or it wasn't framed as such it was like we're going on a break and then they just never came back from it like does that contribute to it at all or like uh I mean maybe I think as someone who wrote for the fandom and then very much jumped ship pretty much as soon as it ended um and like I wasn't necessarily expecting myself to I don't think but like my friends were kind of leaving and I was like wait take me with you (laughs) (laughs) I mean I think part of it was like for me it was almost hard to stomach the idea that it might not have ended on good terms Mm -hmm. after so long of like writing fic where not only like you have like your pairings or whatever but like they're always like close like all of them and like Zane leaving definitely impacted that for a lot of people and then we got fic some fic like this um where we saw some of the after Zane leaving type situation that was always very polarizing though some of it some of the fic was like Zane was right and some of it was like Zane has to grovel and like it was very complicated <laughs> yeah there's some kind of fucked up takes on the whole thing yes. too yeah so I think for me, it very much was like, if if the sparkle of the found family was never actually real, or if it was real for a while and it fell apart for some reason or another, like, I didn't know that I could, A, like, write about them not liking each other, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or B, just kind of ignore all of that and proceed as usual. Mm-hmm. Like, I had a lot of, like, whiffs that I never finished and ideas that I wanted to start that I was like, I can't do this. Like, I can't, like, write this, like, OT5 thing and be like, everyone's happy and we're having a great time. Um, like, I don't know. It was tough. And some of it maybe was because of, like, the weird way that it ended on the hiatus that, I don't know, I at least knew that it really was the yeah. end I think I think like, we all um, knew I think you can pretend yeah. but like we all knew yeah exactly 
Yeah, so I think that might have been part of it, too, of just, like, like I, I think of the history music video as, like, the true ending, for me, at least. Like, that really yeah. felt like the last thing. It was a video that they did for their song, History. You and me got a whole lot of history. Oh, I know that one. We could be the greatest team that the world has ever seen. Uh, blah, yep. blah, blah, whatever. And the video was clips from their entire time as a band, from, like, the very start. Um, incredibly emotional wow. incredibly goodbye right like right. yeah it just that was well, that was it their performances of it too like they didn't yeah. go on tour for that album at all um no. but they obviously did some like tv promo and i think their performance i want to say it was on cordon but i don't actually know one of the late night shows i think you're right that i think was like their very last one that has yeah. like this hug at the end i yeah. fucking think about it all the time it's horrible yeah <laughs> oh the hug the hug (laughs) anyway it's fine um no but I think you're right Nick like I think a lot of it is about like it's hard to cope with the idea that sort of like what we imagined was this in like the inter the interiority that we imagined for so long maybe it wasn't what we imagined it to be like I mean this post that we sort of keep referencing I mean it's sort of like um like, the knowledge could only be, quote, authentic if it was not meant for us. Like, that's so much of what, like, RPF mm-hmm. is and so much of what that fandom was. It's, like, digging for these little pieces that were the pieces that weren't given to you purposefully because those are the only ones that can be real. Yeah. But it's only fun when, like, those are good, you know? Yeah. Like, once what those become sort of all, like... like, the bitterness and the resentment and the anger, then it's sort of, like, horrible. And, like, personally, I really wanted to read that just because I was at a point where, like, I had a lot of, like, mixed up, messy, sort of angry emotions about it, too. And I just kind of, like, wanted... I wanted the catharsis of it. But, like, I also didn't want to write it. (laughs) (laughs) So I totally understand why no one else wanted to either. Well, I feel like that also makes sense for, like... I feel like it makes sense why people are, are still... Still like sort of hunting still little for gremlins, of, yeah, yeah. Well, like <laughs> no, but I mean, like you know, like wondering, like I mean, I I remember I think discussing with you guys like Harry was on SNL and then seeing that like Niall had like a concert or something in New York and like mm. theorizing like, do you think Niall like was at his performance? I remember like watching they Harry's played SNL back to back days in LA last year, and I spent mm-hmm. so much time figuring out if they could have attended each other's shows. <laughs> like yeah, like I I was watching the SNL uh, clip and. I, at the end, when, like, everyone is just sort of, like, hugging as the end credits, whatever, I remember, like, looking for Niall. And yeah. I was not even, like, in this fandom, but I was invested in it because, yeah. like, it really is just that, like, the forbidden knowledge. Like, I have mm-hmm. no right to know what Harry and Niall's current relationship looks like, but, like, God, do I want to know. It really is just something about, um, for better or for worse, like, the knowledge that isn't meant for you that mm-hmm. is what fandom gravitates towards. I think part of it for me, too, was, like, I got into this fandom when I was, like, 17, I think, 16, maybe. I was quite small. And, like, I don't know. I had a different sort of idealism around friendships and the way that if they were good and real, then they definitely would last your whole life. And that was how it had to be. I think I hadn't hit a point yet at that age where... I had realized sort of the ways in which we as human beings grow and change and sometimes friendships fade and sometimes they come back later and sometimes they don't. And that doesn't mean that they weren't like good. Mm -hmm. And I think I I needed it to be like forever. And like I was I wasn't as young anymore by the time they broke up, but I was still fairly young. And I think it hit me hard partially for like the, the life trajectory of like 
friendships and, and what you expect to hold on to for your whole life and what you don't. And this fic touches on that too, the, the whole idea toward the end with Harry and Niall talking about how they had been the ones to promise that this was going to be forever. Um, mm-hmm. And how like they had to kind of reaffirm to each other that that was still how they felt in the fic, which was like double devastating for me just as a human being who exists in this world. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about how like being in different fandoms at different life stages has impacted the way that I like have engaged too yeah i mean like the harry and nile of this fic get in a huge like fight in the middle of it in a parking lot about the promise that they made like at the beginning and that is one of my favorite scenes yeah it's (laughs) It's really incredible it's like that's sort of what you read this fic for i think but yeah i mean I, i don't this is not a fic that, like, I would have wanted to read in 2012 when I was, like, mm-hmm. first getting into this fandom or whatever. You yeah. know, like, I, got, I was in... When they were, like, releasing like, Take Me Home. <laughs> yeah, and, like, at that point, I was reading pretty, like, fucking happy fic about all five of them being, like, really good friends. Mm-hmm. This was only a fic I wanted to read, like, once I was in college and they were in the middle of sort of that descent into breaking up, you know? Yeah. Um, but I had had, like four or five years with them to get to that point you know I, I, it was a journey I think um and, and a lot of like leaving and coming back sort of that took place before I wanted to read something like this um but I was thinking about like what you were saying read about like it's it's the forbidden knowledge and like <laughs> and also just like the the not knowing sort of how real something is and I think that is a lot of what this fic is grappling with, too, at, like, an individual level with the characters. Like, a lot of it is Niall, like, being kind of unsure of, like, what what he wants to put forward as, like, who he is to the world. Um, and, like, he and Nick sort of have a bunch of conversations about this in, like, in regards to sort of sexuality and coming out. Um, and Nick at one point tells him, like, the problem is you end up with all these different versions of yourself, don't you? This one everyone else is seeing pasted over the real version, who's just scared all the fucking time someone's gonna rip the first one off like a plaster. And it's like, that's true, but I think there's also even more levels to it than that. And I think that's that's what sort of, like, Niall and Harry keep fighting about throughout the fic, and, like, why they sort of are having a hard time being around each other, I think. Because, like, they're having a hard time, like, knowing sort of which is the real version of a person but also an internal struggle i think to sort of figure out what they want to put forward as the real version mm-hmm. yeah so something that really struck me in this fic is like how isolated niall is um especially from the other members of the band like for most of this fic like harry is not well, not for but for a significant chunk of this fic, Harry is not physically present. Um, it sort of, like, opens and it's Niall and Liam and Louis attempting to, like, write songs for their next album and Harry's off in L.A. Or, like, even when they are all in the same place, like, I think when they fly out to L.A. to meet Harry, like, he just, like, doesn't show up for a bunch of days at, like, the recording studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's interesting because so much of this fic is, like, Niall sort of, like, ruminating on Harry and all these things he, like, hasn't told Harry and all these things he, like, maybe thinks he wants to tell him. Like, like, angry. Like, things he, like, things he wants to yell at Harry for. Um, and the two members, the two band members he has right in front of him feel so far away. Like, mm-hmm. Liam and Louis are so distant in this fic. Um, and even when they're not directly arguing, there is always this undercurrent of, like, tension and distance. Um, that I just, yeah, I don't know, as... 
sort of as you're talking about like what what do you look for in the fit or like what fic did you want like after a breakup like this fic to me almost feels like it could be post breakup just in the sense like they are so Mm -hmm. far away from one another um which also i think um makes it an interesting choice for niall to sort of like uh for niall to sort of like then gravitate towards nick grimshaw um kind of going way back to nick how you were saying um mm-hmm. he this is so confusing yes to me. Every <laughs> I, nick, I like twitch i know <laughs> we'll, just um, call, we'll just call him grimmy grimmy okay i mean you could also just call me nicole but like <laughs> no that's more difficult for me okay sounds good um but but going back to something um nicole said like earlier about like niall choosing to come out to grimmy first because there's like all like because he's like basically a stranger I don't know. I, I as you guys have been talking, it's just sort of coming together in my head. Like the one person that Niall is closest to for most of this fic is someone who he like didn't really know well mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. the beginning of it. Yeah. yeah, there's definitely like a safety for him in in that in that it's Nick isn't a stranger, but he's also not this person that like Niall's supposed to be really close to. Like he's supposed to be really close to Harry, and I think that makes it all the harder to actually tell him shit. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, and there's a part during his conversation with Nick, too, where Nick is like, uh, like, I'm sure you want, like, the wise old gay thing. And Niall's like, okay. And Nick's like, wait, you were supposed to say no. (laughs) (laughs) That part's really good. Yeah. The Nick of this fic is also just, like, so well written. Oh, I love him. (sighs) Me too. Yeah. Um... All right, so that was The Honeysuckle Arch uh, by Junk Shop Disco. Um... It's a fic that I just keep coming back to again and again because of the way it treats its characters, the way that Niall is written, and sort of just a need for this really realistic portrait of, like, coming out, but then also, like, just the different relationships that you have with different people in your life. How sometimes telling things to strangers is easier than telling them to your friends, or how sometimes friendships don't look the way that you imagine them to be at one point. Um... Yeah, I just really love it. I think it's both escapist and cathartic for me, and so kind of the perfect thing to reread right now. Um, Yeah, that's what I have to say on that one. If you read it, please come yell at me. So my fic for this episode is called Try Again by Anhorolo. And it is a fic for the Adventure Zone Balance. So the Adventure Zone is a podcast. It is also like a D&D game um, that is run by the McElroys, if you're familiar with any of their works. Um, it's improv. It's a little bit more um, scripted and, and storytelly, like storyboardy almost than a lot of other um, live action gaming streams that you'll watch. But um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the gist of it. I'm not going to get too into it because I could go on about the plot forever. Um, if you have not listened to Balance, I just want to throw down some spoiler horns for you for this fic. Heavy spoiler horns. <laughs> Thank you. Just like the most spoilers. Uh, this takes place after the entire arc. And um, there are some plot twists in there. So if you haven't listened and like you've been wanting to, uh, maybe shelve this conversation for later and um, jump over to Reed's 
uh, via timestamp in the description because we're fancy now. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, so jump over there. But if you have listened or if you're like, I don't care about spoilers or like, I'll never listen, stick around. We'll have a good chat. Um, this is a Lucretia-centric fic. She is the director, Madam Director, is like kind of her role of um, like the Bureau of Balance. And she sends people out on quests and also has her own storyline. Um, so this looks at what her life is like after the events of the entire story. Um, big, big content warning for you all. This fic, um, does portray an on-screen suicide attempt and the aftermath of such. There is a lot of, um, not like names necessarily, but a lot of discussion about depression and, um, it's pretty heavy. So it does end, I would say, well, happily, um, but just like, you know, look out for yourself. Um, the content is, it's pretty heavy. So, um, like we said earlier, we all brought very different fix as things that we come back to. Um, this is representative of, um, kind of a larger scope of fic that I'll come back to for various reasons, but just know like that content warning. It's on the fic too. You can read more about what the author says in the author's notes, but, um, it's like very much present in this fic. So FYI, before we jump all the way into it. Great. Um, so plot-wise, yeah, this picks up after the events of Balance, after which um, they have defeated the evil, it's, it's called the hunger. The big bad has been defeated. It's great. Um, but the bad news is that all of Lucretia's friends found out that she wiped their memories for her own sake and also, I guess, sort of for their sake. Um, and it didn't go over super well with everyone. So they get their memories back and are like, wow, what the hell, Lucretia? Um, why on earth would you do that? It's a pretty big twist in the show. Um, and in the show, in the penultimate episode, I think, or maybe the last one, um, we do see a range of responses across the different, um, player characters and also NPCs. Um, in terms of how they actually react to Lucretia. There some forgive her, some very much do not, some carry resentment forward. Um, and this fic explores A, what all of those relationships look like, but also especially B, how Lucretia herself kind of moves forward from what is seen as like this unforgivable thing that she's done. Um, like how do you how do you live with yourself? How do you atone? How do you make something new and better when it feels like you've you've done the thing, you've saved the world, but at what cost? So yeah, ju it's just that. <laughs> Very just light that. and fun uh -huh. and easy. Yeah, um, but I was curious um, as to how y'all felt about it, because I, I do believe this is your first time reading it. Yes, this was my first time reading this fic. I've heard you talk about it for like a while. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't remember which year it was written. It was written in 2017. Okay, so like a couple years now. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, basically, I think it was written not that long after Balance ended. Um, Pretty soon, yeah. So I've heard you talk about it, it for a while. Um, I... Okay, listeners, I was a Lucretia auntie when it came to balance. 
tough. Um, I know the people have very differing opinions on her as a character in the show. Um, my dear friends like her a lot more than I do. <laughs> but the thing is, it's not it's not that I didn't like her as a character. I thought she was a great character. I just also thought that the choices she made were wrong. Um, so I didn't really like want to forgive her. Like I thought she made a better villain than a be- like a good hero, I guess. Um, so this fic was kind of like a wild ride for me because it's a very like pro Lucretia fic. Uh, I can definitely say that I like found this Lucretia to be a lot more sympathetic than I ever found the Lucretia to be in the show. Um, I like Lucretia of this fic better. Um, I don't know. She was a lot easier to like for me and a lot. I I think it really focuses in on like her side of things that you don't really get from the show itself. Um, Which, you know, that's sort of what fan fiction is about. Um, But yeah, it sort of forced me to confront like my feelings about her. Then also like my feelings about the character of Taco, because I was very much on Taco's side at the end of Balance. Like, he is the one who is the least ready to forgive Lucretia for what she did. And I think when listening to it, I was like, yeah, you don't need to. Like, it's fucked up. Like, you're good. And then in this fic, (laughs) I was so mad at him and, like, the impact that he was having on her. And I don't know, it really made me question, like, was I wrong when I was listening to Balance? Or, like, is it just different in this fic because that's what fan fiction is and authors are allowed to write in sort of different, in like different, um, not personalities for characters, but just different thoughts and feelings and stuff that we wouldn't have gotten to see. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It really sort of like made me grapple a little bit with like perceptions of characters and like my own perceptions of like morality, I guess, a little bit, not to be like very heavy. Uh, But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I really loved the writing. I thought it was really well done. Um, It just also sort of took me for like a wild emotional journey a little bit, like beyond just like the heavy things that the fic itself deals with and into more just like me being like, oh shit, like, was I totally wrong about this? Or like, does it make me a bad person that like I was on Taco's side when Taco is so clearly in the wrong in this fic? I don't know. It was interesting. Yeah, that was my my uh, <laughs> experience with it. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I had the same like existential crisis dive into morality. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> I, as, as Brenna alluded to, um, I um I've I've always held a more favorable view of Lucretia than she did. Um, also, I think honestly, of the three of us, um, so not to say that like Taz Balance is a perfect podcast without criticism, because like no media is, but like I think I hold the least amount of criticism towards it <laughs> of the three of us. I think Maybe. I like um, look at it like reminisce on it the most fondly. Um, not to say we don't all love it, because it is very important to all three of us. Um, we all cosplayed as characters from it last year. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, I I have not read this fic before. I have not read a lot of Taz fic, to be honest. Um, in part because I think when I read it, like, it just wasn't... Not that it, like, didn't occur to me that, like, fanfiction existed. It just was not something that I ever thought to seek out. Um, but the few fics I have read for it, I really have loved. Um, and I think... Part of the reason I think I really like them is um, Nick had said this before we started recording, but like uh, you were like, I'm not interested in like shippy fix yeah. for this pod. And like, I think I agree that all of the fix that I've read, or at least my favorites, are all ones that just sort of focus on like the characters. 
Um, and I think there's something really interesting in uh, like diving into this story, like this story in particular, but also the nature of like a D&D podcast um, and fic about it in the sense that like um, a lot of, yeah, a lot of plot twists happen in the very end of the podcast. There's a lot of like plot and lore and story that happens um, that makes for some very interesting things for fandom to dive into. But also we've talked about this a bit before when we talked about a um, critical role fic, but what does it mean for fandom to build in the spaces that are sort of like left behind or left open by the nature of like what a collaborative storytelling podcast is. Um, because this fic takes place post canon and it was written after the conclusion of the podcast, but it like, it doesn't exactly follow the epilogue. It takes some things from it and other things it doesn't. So like mm-hmm. in the epilogue, um, my lesbian girlfriends, Carrie and Killian, get married. Um, <laughs> that's sort of the, like, setting for the wrap-up of this show. Um, and in this fic, like, they don't get married until, like, a year after mm-hmm. the events at the end of the podcast. Um, and But, like, other things it does pull. Like, it pulls, like, sort of, like, what what the characters have been doing in the time since their careers, like, what their lives look like. Um, and something I just kept, like, my notes, like, every I'd, like, read a line, I'd, like, have a thought about it, and then I my next note would just be, like, God, I miss Taz Balance so much. <laughs> I miss these characters so much. Um, I thought it was a very sympathetic look at depression and suicidal thoughts. Um, I Those are obviously some like real heavy topics to get into. And um, I did not have any trepidation going into this fic because I trust Nick's judgment. Um, but I think like that can be really hard, you know, like, for like a random reader stumbling across mm-hmm. like you see a fic tagged with all these things and it's like Whoa. oh boy like how is this author gonna handle it and I thought they handled it like really really well um so that was also something I appreciate about this fic was its portrayal of like what depression and suicide ideation can look like um and also being like really kind to the character struggling through it um yeah yeah um I did not only bring this fic to bum everyone out. <laughs> I did want to <laughs> um, maybe explain a little bit about why this was what I chose when I think Bren initially pitched, like, what if we did, like, comfort fix or, like, fix we come back to? And I was like, great. Uh, <laughs> here we go. Um, yeah, like I alluded earlier, um, this is a kind of fic that I do come back to a fair amount. I think for me... A lot of my own moments of crisis when I turn to fic, whether those moments are internal or external, do center a lot around aloneness. Um, And I think that a lot of times that manifests for me in like mental health ways, right? Um, And so I often will like seek out fic in which characters are feeling a similar kind of, a a similar but not same kind of aloneness. I've gotten too close before and then that's not good. (laughs) And then I'm just like sobbing and that's not cute for anyone or like fun. Um, Please fan fiction, I do not want to be perceived in this way. (laughs) Not not like this. Um, But no, I do do think that I, I will look for like, a fic where a character is allowed to hit like a really low low and for it to swing around into an emphasis on on togetherness and connection and what happens when you do 
have people around you who like understand whether you like wanted them there in the first place or not um it was one that I wanted to come back to just because like I think there is something to be said for like seeing like a really hard and difficult moment in a character's life and then also being able to see like the very carefully plotted aftermath. I think one of the things I struggle with most in a lot of fic that does deal with like difficult mental health themes is the way that it ends as soon as like one other person is suddenly like introduced to the equation. Like they're really really struggling, they hit their lowest low and then like they have one conversation and it's like ah we've done it. And it mm-hmm. ends with some line, like, and then they thought maybe everything could be okay, and the thing ends, and I'm like, please. Ugh. Oh, God, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, like, I get it. I get it. Um, but at the same time, there is there is something for me that's really, like, good and powerful about seeing a sort of slower examination of nonlinear healing. So that's what I really like about this fic, I think, both in how honest and earnest it is in taking these events and taking this like internal like really deep struggle and following it through and not flinching away from where that could lead but then also really really nailing the come down of everything that comes after yeah I think for me like it was interesting reading this too because I have read very little Tazfic like this is I don't know my fifth or sixth Tazfic I've ever read like despite very much I feel like being in that fandom um Mm -hmm. like I listened to balance like my senior year of college and it was a huge avoidance tactic for me um basically I was putting off writing my senior thesis I didn't want to be writing and I was putting off thinking (laughs) about like what I want to do in the future in like a much broader sense which Mm -hmm. was terrifying and I still haven't figured it out but anyway (laughs) basically all I did for like my spring semester besides not write my thesis was um listen to balance and play stardew valley so mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, love that thank you <laughs> but like i think when i read any taz fic it sort of just, like brings me into like my taz feelings too and just like i don't know i have so many like complicated mixed emotions about it now and i think honestly something that's kind of interesting about having read this fic and then also the two other fics that we wrote this episode are that a lot of, like, my thoughts and feelings about them are about, like, my experiences with their particular fandoms and not just about the content of the fic itself. And I kind of, like, think that that's... I just think that's interesting in relation to what we were saying about, like, things that we kind of come back to. Um, Like, I feel like oftentimes in revisiting a fic, it will also be revisiting, like, my emotions about that fandom, about, like, a pairing or a trope or whatever else. Um beyond just, like, the actual content of, like, the individual work. Um, Yeah, like, I think reading this, so much of what I was thinking about the whole time was just, like, my feelings on, like, how it wrapped up and, like, how I sort of went from being really, really in it and, like, absolutely loving the ending when I first listened to it to then having, like, a lot of conflicting emotions about it in the years afterwards. And I think that's, like, also a very, like, fandom thing. I think if I had listened to Balance by myself like in a cabin in the woods with no access to Twitter for like two two years afterwards like if I had just been shut off and I never saw like everyone else's reactions I think I would have been a lot happier but instead I'm like well well ficklets I am I'm in the only child Capricorn so I really like things my way (laughs) and when other people disagree I have a hard time (laughs) um 
Yeah, and there were a lot of differing opinions on balance. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's just interesting to like go back and like. I think I was thinking about this with all three of our fics, actually. Like, when when I first read each of them, or like in this case, not when I first read this fic, but when I first listened to like the end arc of Balance, my emotions about the thing were in a very different place than like where I am now. Like, so much of it is the looking back. Mm. I think. Um, I don't know. I just think that's really interesting. Like, we obviously we pick things that we like come back to, so they're not right here in this present moment for us, but. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just I guess I'm just kind of thinking about like how how so much of it is like an emotional connection to like a just sort of like a temporal moment in a fandom beyond just like a work. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And like not only a temporal moment in a fandom but also like in your own life. Yeah. Like I was thinking about how I listened to Balance a lot of it while I was like in Italy <laughs> like on a study abroad type situation like I I very clearly remember listening to certain episodes while like walking like along sort of a cliff with like the ocean right there like there there's something it's it's like when you when you are walking around and then you smell something and you're like wow it's like I'm 10 but Mm -hmm. reading a fic (laughs) like wow it's like I'm however old I was I don't remember 20 (laughs) 20 I think sure (laughs) yeah um it's interesting because I I started listening to Taz like maybe two or three weeks before the finale came out Hmm. um after two of my friends had been sort of like nudging me about it for a while they're Mm -hmm. like we really think you'll like this um and my experience of listening was I had um I was a little bit after Brent, so I had just graduated college and was trying to figure Hey-o. out what the fuck I was doing with my life and still haven't figured that out. Wow, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> on graduating, not on not knowing everything. <laughs> wow, thanks. Congratulations, Reed. I'm so proud of you for having no fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, adulthood. You love it. Um, <laughs> no, but so, so I was like settling into like my first real job. Um, I was, like, not a big podcast person, but I suddenly found myself commuting. Podcasts suck. Podcasts suck. Hate it. Not worth it. <laughs> well, I just, like, I had never, never, like, listened to them, really. Mm. Um, and then I suddenly found myself, like, with so much time commuting that I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm gonna try this, like, podcast thing that people talk about. Um, I consumed Taz at, like, a frankly disgusting rate. Um, my job had me doing so many things that were mindless tasks that I just sort of, like, plugged in my headphones and would just spend, like four straight hours of work like doing whatever I had to be doing and also just like powering through as much tasks as I could um but when I got to the finale which is broken up into three episodes um Mm -hmm. I waited and so those two friends who um got me into the podcast we like live streamed it together um which was like a really fun experience as I was sobbing my absolute heart out Mm -hmm. just wailing as they were like making like smug little faces in chat they're like oh like we know what's coming next and I was like what does that mean (laughs) what's coming next and then I'm sobbing um very sweet yeah but um yeah I don't know but it's like it's been a little I did a re-listen of balance a little while ago but it's been some time um and so like I said when I was taking notes I just kept being like oh I miss my kids like there's such like a nostalgic feeling even Mm. though it's what I don't know three less than three years 
um, since the pod. It feels um, like a fucking eternity, though. Yeah, like, the it difference does not between feel like it was like senior year years college ago. me and like me sitting here right now, like eons, yeah. <laughs> eons, truly eons. But one of the things after I went on that um, just absolute cry fest for the days that we listened to it, um, <laughs> one of the things that I really enjoyed was. Um, catching up on all the fandom content that I had like blocked for myself so when I realized I was listening to Taz I like blacklisted you know like all of the words for it on Tumblr and all that Um, and suddenly I had a wealth of animatics and fan art and like all of these things to dig into Um, and in this so in this fic um, and also we kind of mentioned it but uh, Taco of all of the characters or of sort of the main seven um, he's the one who forgives Lucretia the least, I think, in canon. Um, and it's because, hey, spoilers, uh, Lucretia erased the memory of his sister in addition to all his other memories. Like, that whoops. one that one hurts. And also, like, is kind of it the reason... It wasn't an accident. I said whoops, it was Oh, it was not an accident. And also sort of is the reason that <laughs> that sister was trapped inside an umbrella for, like, ten years. It's fine. Sucks. Anyway, um... As I was reading this fic, so Taco is, like, very, very upset in it. Um, It reminded me of a comic that I read on Tumblr that really stood out to me where they're at that wedding, Carrie and Killian's wedding, um, and Lucretia and Luke are chatting, and they're just chatting for a bit, and then all of a sudden, like, Lucretia just kind of bursts, and she's like, like, Luke, like, I'm so sorry. Like, I did the worst thing imaginable. Like, I killed you, and I hid your memory, and, like, I'm the reason you were trapped for so long. And Luke was like, hey, water under the bridge. Luke is basically like, I spent too much of my life already not living it for Mm -hmm. me to like now have to spend this time like also like being angry at you um so for loop she just sort of is like there's nothing to forgive it's fine yeah for a listener context if you haven't listened to balance loop's character is like the physical manifestation of finger guns truly (laughs) just just for for your own context i fucking love her i would die for her um but yeah so so they have that sort of interaction and then lucretia goes and finds taco and she's talking to him and she's like hey like i heard you're doing the catering and he just walks like right past her mm-hmm. um oh it's so good it's so good because like forgiveness does not look the same for everyone and that's true in this fic too where like um there are some characters like magnus and merle who are not mad at lucretia but just um like don't really like check in on her as much as like maybe she needs them to mm-hmm. um and then you have like loop who is angry but gets over it at a certain point and then taco who is like still angry um and i just like i don't know i just it, it reminded me of sort of like all of the content that i was diving into when i finished the podcast and specifically like the different ways that fandom chose to engage with it like how people chose to extrapolate on taco's anger versus like Merle's like don't don't care attitude yeah um yeah I thought it was I thought it was interesting how it manifested in this fic as well yeah I mean Merle is the perfect choice to be the closest one to Lucretia for various reasons but largely because in the show we get like scenes of him just like being super friendly with the big bad Mm -hmm. of the whole show the final boss that one they're just vibing (laughs) like what god anyway um yeah, no, I was thinking, like, this fic very much asks the question over and over, like, Lucretia has has done this thing that, if you look at it very objectively, pretty horrible. Um, did it work? Eh. Like, yes and no. 
like not in the way that she ever really intended it to did they ultimately defeat the hunger like yeah did some of her plans sort of work and help in that sense like i guess uh would it have been better if she hadn't done it <laughs> probably but honestly we don't know so like it's it's happened it's done she did the thing she can't take it back so like how on earth does she move forward from it like in this fic like i want to share for listeners who might not have read it like lucretia is not feeling sorry for herself really like she is very depressed she is not sure what to make of her situation or how to move forward she's super overworking she does um teach paint classes at the senior center which i really loved that's like her only hobby um but there is like a whole lot of space in the first half of this fic where lucretia she doesn't know what she has to do she doesn't know how to atone she doesn't know what apologies would even like mean anything because she knows that sorry is not enough like what do you do when you've made a mistake that absolutely ruins people's lives like is there a path forward this fic is saying yes for the most part um but it's not like a very firm strong like definitely yes like you too can be forgiven like easily i don't know i just think it i i really liked the exploration of that because i don't know that it's something that i see a lot in fic necessarily like sometimes i guess i don't know maybe this comes up more in fic where like people cheat or something that's something that i like it's a big no for me <laughs> i never read fic with like that involves that so maybe i'm just not reading certain tropes that involve this more but i don't know i really liked that this was the direction that it took so hey try again is a fic that is heavy and is intense and also does shine a light in its own dark and i think that's a big reason why i keep coming back to it even when it is like really difficult subject matter so yeah uh if you also find yourself reading like pretty intense fic with like heavy themes like you're not alone so do i let's go on these rides together (laughs) (laughs) nailed it so my fic for this episode is ready fire aim by jism um, it is a Marvel fic. It's Stony Till I Die. Woo! Stony boop, Till boop, I boop. Die. Stony Baby. Um, yeah, when Bren first floated this idea of like, hey, like, let's bring fix like that you return to a bunch. I was like, great. Okay, so it has to be Steve Tony. Um, because <laughs> that's just in my heart forever. Um, coincidentally, like, two weeks ago, um, my previous roommate who is not nick um i usually have other roommates they're um both at home now um and not living here but um my roommate was like hey i really want to watch like all of the marvel movies in order um (laughs) and i don't know anything about them would you like to join me on this journey and i was like wow i've been waiting my whole life for this (laughs) you've Um, been training i have been training um, I, it's been a while since I've watched some of that early, like, some of those early movies. Um, and so we, we watched, like, in order from Iron Man, um, through Avengers. Iron Man 1. Yes. Well, I'm familiar. Iron Man 1 and Thor and Captain America and Iron Man 2 and then uh-huh. the Avengers. Uh-huh. Iron Man 2 I've seen. You have not seen a single Iron Man movie. I've seen... 
like maybe half of Iron Man 2. <laughs> you wound me so deeply every time with this, Nick. Um, yeah, that's just an objectively terrible choice. <laughs> like, if I you're going to watch any of them, why would you watch half of two? I yeah. wasn't like, I'm going to watch Iron Man today. It was like my family was watching it, I think, and I was like, sure, and I was like sort of there, and then I kind of left, I think. I don't remember. Now that you're trapped in a living situation with me, maybe uh-huh. I will just like play the first Iron Man at all times from the TV so it is mm. inescapable. So you have to Jesus, digest wow. it. So, suddenly I'm so incredibly glad I'm not there. <laughs> I'll be blasting only the pilot episode episode of Teen Wolf full oh blast my from my laptop. You say that as though I would not enjoy an watching Teen Wolf. Nightmare Great. House. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so yeah, so I was doing this this rewatch um, with my roommate and it like so deeply made me want to like come back to this era of fic. Um, so this was fun. I did cheat a little bit. Uh, unlike Bren and Nick, this, this particular fic is not one that I've reread often. Um, honestly, I don't think I've reread it since like 2013, 2014. Whoa. Um, my, some of my most reread fics are ones I've already brought to the pod. Um, mm. but yeah, I also had that issue when I was looking through, I was like, did it, did it, did it, did it, did it, 150k. Yeah. If we had literally not done like timeshare the week before. Um, but the fun thing about this fic is that, um, Hey, we've talked about it on the pod before, but just in case you haven't listened to those episodes, there's like an era of fic that um, Bren and I slash like fandom uh, nostalgically refers to as like 2012 Tower era fic, which is basically like uh, most of it took place like after the Avengers. This fic was actually published like some months before the the first Avengers movie came out, but it's basically like all the Avengers move in together um, is the plot. And then what happens from there kind of varies. This fic to me is like um it reminded me of our conversation during like a steel which is the twice heist fic yes um where we were talking about like tropes that you see repeated in fandom and also just like uh for that fic in particular like the familiarity of heist fic um for me this was like um like oh my god all of the things from that era of fic i was like this and i mean this in the best way possible but i was like this plot is the plot that I have read so many times. Um, but there is a tweet. Bren, do you have the tweet? <laughs> yeah, I pulled it. Um, Bren, I had liked it like play just... the tweet. <laughs> play it. Okay, on it. <laughs> um, it was a tweet that I had liked like last night um, uh, from Twitter user Stanley Victor that says, you have just finished reading a fic. You are now in search of that exact same fic, except different. When you finish that, you will again search for that fic, except different. When will it end? You haven't seen Daylight in five days. <laughs> God, it's too real now. It's too real, but also like... Yeah, I mean, I liked it because I was like, shit, this is me for the last three days, but it's also this fic. It, yeah. it is. That, that's the thing. Like, that is this fic. Like, um, you know, I think I read this fic like about the time that it came out and then like I don't want to say every other but a lot of the other Steve Tony Tower era fics I was reading were like this fic repackaged or like another fic repackaged because like that was just sort of the space that fandom was living in um and so yes when it came time to pick like comfort fics or just like fics of familiarity um even though this particular one is not necessarily my most like reread um it it just as well it could have been um it was very fun. I was sitting on the couch as Nick was reading this, and Nick was like, wow, like, there's a point where, like, Clint is, like, perched on top of a stereo, sleeping with his <laughs> eyes open, and Nick was like, this is wild, and yeah. I was like, 
that that's <laughs> wow that did not phase me in the slightest you're just lucky he wasn't in the literal vents in this fic yeah <laughs> well all the marvel fic i've ever read has been for this show hey so i learn something new every time um, oh, which means we haven't even done a Steve Bucky fic yet. No. I'm, okay, wait. I well, have, I technically have, I'm going to tell that it's a hell of my own creation. We did. Yeah. This has already happened, which is technically oh, yeah, Steve true. Bucky. Also, wait. I have okay, read one I other guess. Marvel fic. And it was Steve Bucky. And it was post-Infinity War. It's very short. It ruined my life. Oh, good. Oh, it was so ah. good. Maybe, maybe I'll bring it at one point. Ooh. Nick's Marvel <laughs> Corner. Love that. I love that. Um, wow, but I always say stony till I die. What am I? Stucky till I live. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wow. workshop it. Stay tuned, everyone. Um, that's it. We're done. <laughs> that's it. That's the pod. Um, no, before I get too far into it, though, yeah, I just wanted to hear about your reading experiences. It was fun. It was interesting. I can definitely see how this pulled a lot from that era, I guess. When we were talking in the intro and you were like, oh, like, yeah, pre-Avengers whatever, and I went like, oh, God. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay, so there was a part in the fic where... Tony is like, you saved New York by, like, sinking your little hovercraft... Well, I don't know what that was. Plane. It was a plane? (laughs) (laughs) No, it was definitely a hovercraft. I don't know. I don't know. Please. I've seen these movies, like, once each, except for The Avengers 2012, which (laughs) is my second most watched movie ever, I think. Um, Behind Les Mis. (laughs) Yes. Les Mis the movie. (laughs) A work of art. Um, well, wow. I've never had a lame misfic. Maybe we should do that at some point. If you have Rex ficlets, hit us up. I've seen the movie so many times. I've never read the brick though. Maybe someday. God. And I've also never seen the play. So, oh wow, <laughs> I'm ready. Anyway, um, yeah. Any- so you know, he sinks. He sinks the plane in the ocean, and he becomes capsicle. Um, I know some things. <laughs> um, my brain was like, yeah, he also saved New York, like literally in the Avengers movie when like. Tony goes up and like, were they not going to talk about this? Like, this is weird. And then I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> like, not only is that is this like early on in the formation of the Avengers, but it's pre the movie, which I whack. I did realize like as I was like introing it right now that it mm-hmm. is tagged the Avengers twenty twelve, but the Avengers movie the first one came out May twenty twelve, and this fic was published October twenty eleven. Huh. So like. I now yep. I'm wondering like because there's a few things I might get into later like there's a few lines that are feel like they are almost directly pulled from the movie and I was like were they in a trailer that was out at the time yeah I also now have questions like did Jism like retroactively tag this after the movie came out I don't know conspiracy anyway. theory yes you can, you can use movie tags before AOV. the movie comes out okay that too my conspiracy like, is that Jism wrote this in like June of 2012 and then backdated it oh, on AO3 to no, October I, 2011. <laughs> guys, I read this when it was posted. I definitely read it before Brenna's the movie came the conspiracy. out. Brenna and Jism in on this conspiracy. Oh, I knew it. Wow. I, I knew okay. one of you was the mole. <laughs> anyway. Did you ever watch that show, The Mole? No. With like what? D-list celebrities who would like participate in like game show games and then one of them was the mole and they had to guess at the end of every episode and they would try and like sabotage like 
How have Stuff. you like not watched any TV <laughs> and yet like this is the TV reference okay, no, you no, bring no. to this pod? I haven't watched it. I took a Photoshop class in high school oh where we God. had like way too much time and I would read forums about like theories of different seasons oh of the world without I'm watching dying. them. I actually need to leave for, like not just this pod but like this apartment. I need to go somewhere else. I'm so sorry. Social distancing. Yeah, I'll go to your empty apartment. Okay, I guess. God. Anyway. Yeah, I liked the fic. What did you think, Brenna? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think I probably had a vastly different experience to you. Um, I have probably read this more than read. Mm -hmm. That sounds weird, but I think it's true. Um, Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say I was a huge Jism stan. I mean, it's true, but I still am. So it's not really past tense. (laughs) Um, But this time in particular, I think I was reading pretty much everything he published. So I definitely read this like when it was posted. Um, yeah, I, it's fucking fascinating. Like, most of my thoughts while reading it were about, like, that era of fandom and just how interesting it was to see sort of this mythos be created around, like, what Avengers was going to be before the movie even came out. Because, like, this is not the only thing that was published Mm pre-Avengers. Um, like, I, I wish I could remember better, like who came first sort of like I know there was probably stuff even earlier than this because obviously like people were just looking forward to the movie but I think once like photos and like the first trailer started dropping I think a lot more was getting written um but like there's a sort of a whole collection of works like the 2012 tower era fix that were actually pre the movie like I remember there being a number of these and I remember reading them and I just I think it's really interesting sort of like just like the sort of temporalities of, like, a canon that's still, like, within creation. Mm-hmm. Like, like this is written so much based off of what we knew from just, like, the few Marvel, Marvel movies that had come out already. So that would have been, like, what? Iron Man 1, Captain America, First Avenger, mm-hmm. Thor? The, the, yeah! The, do we count that? No, that's like... I do. I'm a true fan, so I have seen all <laughs> okay. of the right. films and I consider them all part of the canon. Um, in my theories sure yeah the ones that came out (laughs) pre-avengers were iron man one iron man two thor captain america which i know because i just watched them (laughs) perfect okay thank you reed um yes so i feel like the tony of this fic is very tony like it doesn't read that much different than like later characterizations of him for me um i think the thor is pretty much thor (laughs) i think the first time we get like we start to see real different characterizations would probably be after like ragnarok Mm. um came out because i think like that kind of changed how people wrote him a bit um, wow and into like i mean i would argue like earlier like with like age of ultron which is kind of a fandom hated movie but like I started to give Thor more than just the, like, um, all caps yelling. I, di- I had a note here where I was like, Thor is one scene away from, like, eating Pop-Tarts. He didn't in this fic, but boy, he sure could yeah. have. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Is that, like, a movie reference? No. It's just no, a it's just a Okay, I don't, okay. The movie reference <laughs> is, like, the bit where he takes Tony and, like, bodily throws him to the floor, and he's like, yes. another, that's yes, in. That I've, with I've the coffee seen cup. Thor. Oh, yeah, well, listen, again, my roommate, um, who was discovering <laughs> Marvel for the first time, was like, oh, haha, this scene is so funny, and I was like... <laughs> Like, wide-eyed. I felt like like a researcher, like, looking into the past, looking at someone yeah. experiencing wow. the amazing. Thor another scene for the first time in 2020. <laughs> anyway, 
Um, no, the Pop Tarts thing has literally no oh. basis. It's just okay. In the same way that Clint being in the vents has no basis, but that's yeah. in everything. Well, I can. Yeah, it's just like while well, you all were reading Marvel fan fiction in October of 2011, you were studying the Blade. I was studying the Blade and <laughs> writing my first B fanfic. <laughs> So we were in different worlds at this point still. Yeah, we were not the same. (laughs) But yeah, but I feel like the character who was really different here for me from other, like from the vast majority of like other MCU stuff I've read, um, post 2012 Tower Era fic is Steve. Steve. Because the Steve in this fic is so much just based on First Avenger and maybe like a bit of comic books and sort of like what you expect Steve to become once he like joins the Avengers. But... Mm. He's very, like, soft and innocent and, like, in this fic. And, like, I think the scene where he sort of, like, confesses his feelings to Tony. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, Steve, like, yeah. you're such a tiny baby. Oh, like, oh, oh you're golly, so sad. Tony. Like, you don't have any yeah. friends. Like, oh. What do you mean we're like, not friends, Tony? Just, yeah, exactly. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, I did read a ton of stuff then. But, like, the and I, I feel like I read a lot of stuff, like, in 2012, basically. And then I came back to reading stuff, like, once Winter Soldier was out. Um, and then most everything else I read was, like, kind of post-Winter Soldier. And I think Steve's characterization... I think Steve's characterization changed, like, once... Even just once the first Avengers movie was released. But I think it really changed once Winter Soldier was released. Like, mm-hmm. that's yeah, I can't a very different why. Steve. Beard. Yeah, the and I fucking beard. love that Steve. Like, that Steve really? is so much more the Steve I like. He doesn't grow a beard in that movie. He grows Sorry. a beard in, Oh, um, no, Nicole's, Yeah, I was going to say, Nicole's having, like, an existential crisis because I just said, like, he doesn't grow a beard until Infinity Jesus War. And Christ. Nicole's eyes went so wide. I really thought he did. Maybe it's just the vibe, I guess. I was <laughs> No, I was thinking of Dirty Chris Evans and Snowpiercer. Oh, of course. Oh. Yeah, sorry, everyone. Content warning, well, we Dirty, Chris Dirty Chris Evans. Dirty Chris Evans. Yeah, love Dirty Chris Evans on this podcast. Wow, he goes that long beardless? Yeah, literally the first yeah. time you get Whoa. that is... Infinity, Infinity War? Endgame? Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Infinity War, yeah. Wow. Infinity War. Yeah. Yeah, because, um, yeah, like, he, like, when he and Nat and people are, like, sort of on the run-ish, yeah. like, then he grows a beard. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then he shaves it, and in the theater, Brett and I looked at each other because we both used the same type of razor. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah I forgot about that. that. Sorry, anyway. Yeah, Harry's Razor, if you need a sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, um, Fit Click is here. Yeah, well, we're here for you. And Steve is too. Okay. <laughs> so sorry. Steve, wait, Steve is here for Harry's Razor as a Fit Click sponsor? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Steve is yes, here. Steve in our Grant podcast Rogers to, is actually to sitting do that yeah, for us. right here. Yeah. Oh, is he quarantining He's with a Brenna? Fan. I didn't realize. We're yeah. not video chatting, so I couldn't tell. He's just in the other room, actually. It's past his bedtime, Nicole, please. <laughs> oh, God, it's past my bedtime, too. Please. I know. Um, it was... I, I think a lot of the things I was thinking about while reading this were just about how fandom creates certain characters. And then we've sort of talked about this before, but just how fic is fic of other fic. Mm-hmm. And so much fic was fic of Ready, Fire, Aim. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can see that. Something that I was thinking about as you were talking before was about, um, so, like, fic that was written, like, before the first Avengers movie, um, you know, like, made all of these assumptions about what the movie was going to look like. And then even after Avengers, like, I think I've said this before on the pod, but the very end of Avengers is, like, Tony pulling up blueprints to, like, remodel Stark Tower, where, like, it implies that he's building a room or a floor for each Avenger. Mm -hmm. Um, And so both before and after that movie, like, people really, like, dug into this like 
found family trope and all I can think about is like the Tumblr post that's like I can't believe like Marvel like found found family trope baited me um, <laughs> yes because, like, they never really gave us like what we deserved oh, and no. I don't know I remember um, when the trailer for Age of Ultron came out my friend and I absolutely lost it because there's a bit and it's so small in the movie but we didn't know this at the time so like in the trailer there's a bit where they're all just like sitting around like drinking beers and eating like takeout mm. like Chinese takeout and we watched that clip like over and over and over again because we were like this is it this is what we wanted like Age all of, of them Ultron will be the movie that fandom loves <laughs> oh and it did <laughs> it will give you everything and you it want was. as Avengers fans. we all loved it wow I wish you could the like, let's say, I wish era. you could see my face right now <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, like, we oh, really, like... Oh, I can imagine, don't worry. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Um, but yeah, like, like we as fandom and, like, latched onto this, like, oh, here is what we've been waiting for, which is, like, lo- all of them living together and, like, drinking beer and hanging out and just, like, being friends? And and being a found family? No, Marvel were cowards. They never really committed. No. Um, they gave us weird romance, though. And, oh, like, God. Very odd. <laughs> Boy, howdy, about, did like, they? fertility and stuff. Ugh. TBT. Oh, God. Yeah, Age of Ultron. <laughs> I, I don't want it. <laughs> oh. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think I think that's something that I have always appreciated about, um, like, Marvel fandom. Even, you know, like, as I kept reading and as we kept getting more content and, like, more movies that sometimes were what I wanted and sometimes wasn't, um, is that thing that, like, that very, very familiar fandom feeling of, like, ah, canon has let me down, so, like, time to turn mm-hmm. to canon. Um, and I love that, like, from the very beginning, or at least, like, the very beginning of my experience with this ship and with this fandom, like, the emphasis is always on the found family. Um, I'm a sucker for that trope. It's very good. Um, so I, I think, like, in, in being nostalgic and coming back to comfort fix and fandom, like, that made me very happy to reread this and, like, sort of just be, like, back in that era where everyone was, like, and maybe they will work through all their differences and differing personalities and, like, come to care about one another. Um, I just really appreciate it. Yeah. It would be cool if they had lived together and found family. I'm, I was going to say it would be cool if, like, we could experience that. And then I remembered that I'm the only one that hasn't read, like, a bunch of this fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, maybe I still can I thought you were going to say the only one of us who hasn't been, like, living with roommates. <laughs> oh, I mean, that too, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, I think my relationship with my roommates is very different than um, the Stark uh, Tower. No. Tower. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, maybe now's the time to change it. Um, I'm just saying. Archery practice tomorrow well, morning? Yeah, I'm not crawling in our vent, so... <laughs> <laughs> Well, not yet. Bold of both of you to assign Brenna as Hawkeye. I think it's good. <laughs> well, I'm so Look, sorry, Bren. It's okay. I'll just imagine myself as um, Matt Fraction Hawkeye and not. Yes. Okay. Can I be Steve? MCU Hawkeye? Yeah, sure. You can be Steve. Okay. Great. Sounds good. Who are you going to be? Uh, my boy. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> oh, wow. Reed's going to be the Hulk. Re- <laughs> I'm going to be not Bruce Banner, only the Hulk. <laughs> Sorry, actually, I'd like to be Thor. I'd like to speak in the equivalent of um, uh, uppercase at all times. Yeah. Uh, throw things. Okay. Be really... And, like, sort of, like, poor, a poor Shakespearean imitation. Yeah. Yeah. Rough. God. Um, <laughs> I wrote Thor is my friend on, like, two separate occasions <laughs> in my notes. The first one was 
Thor is my friend. And the second one was, yes, that is Thor, my best friend. (laughs) I think Thor is friend-shaped in this fic and maybe in this era as well, which I appreciated Mm -hmm. the whole shenanigans with them, like him and Clint playing Wii Bowling (laughs) as like the backdrop to like a really intense scene between Steve and Tony was very good. Uh, Pepper and Natasha implied stuff going on. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. that's a popular thing too. That I like. Yeah. This I like. Confirmed. Hey, everyone. All we were missing there was Maria. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Avengers fandom. I don't know if you know this yet. Um, Pepper not like good. Pepper not good. Consider it. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I liked a lot about the way the ensemble cast kind of was just goofing. But I also like that this fic like wasn't only goofs. And I think we saw that in Douchebag too. Like this might just be a jism thing of like balancing nonsense with like really like earnest moments. But I really liked the scenes that we got of Tony reflecting on his relationship with Pepper. Mm, those are some of my favorite mm-hmm. things. God, really? Yeah, good. I thought that scene was so well written. Like, they're they're sort of like breakup on like the yeah. tarmac or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like really, really good scene. Well, also yeah. the the line. Sorry, Nick, not to cut you off, but I, it's I said fine. Um, it, there's like a bit where it's like Tony Stark has been in love twice in his life. The first time was with the circuit board, and then it goes into a whole thing about tech. And then it says the second time with Pepper was less about stability, more about surprise. Tony hadn't known it was possible to fall headlong into something he'd been feeling for years. He scrambled and scrabbled to catch up, to touch every loose end, to figure it out. God, I love the way that that then transitioned into this idea that like love shouldn't have to be something that you're constantly scrabbling for, mm-hmm. and like. That they there, there's a line too I think where like they they both bought into this idea that Tony could be some better version of himself if he tried mm-hmm. hard enough for her but that's not really how the world works and how like when they broke up she just felt relieved and I absolutely loved the way it was framed where he was like listen if we break up now like it could be fine but I don't want to get to a point where you hate me because I think that's yeah. where this is gonna land like oof it's really 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 good it's wow big I do think like fan. the the exploration into like the Tony Pepper dynamic is something that like I think can be done so well in mm-hmm. like Marvel fic. Not everyone does it well, <laughs> but when it's done, but when it's done well, it's so good. I think like I I really like the relationship between them, and I think like I think for any Tony centric fic to work for me, it has to like acknowledge his relationship to Pepper in some manner, mm-hmm. um, and like. I think, because I think it's a huge way that we understand his character in the movies is, like, through his relationship with Pepper. Like, it shows us a different side of him than we see. And, like, if you're going to make him romantic to someone else, part of that is going to be based off, like, how he is with Pepper um, in the movies. Like, that's the canon basis we have. So I appreciate authors who sort of, like, take that into their, like, own writing somehow um, and, like, acknowledge what their relationship, like, means in a certain way. And I I don't know. Jism just does it really, really well here. Agreed. Yeah, and I think that scene with him and Pepper felt like one of the most emotionally honest ones. I had a Mm -hmm. note that I had written while I was reading where I was like, is Tony under some kind of like truth spell situation? Because there were (laughs) so many moments where he just like blurts something out and then is like, whoops. (laughs) Or like he meant to say something and then says something else completely different. And like, I really thought there might have been some like weird underlying magic curse thing going on. There was not. It's it's just Tony, I guess. Um, but that scene I was think... one where I didn't really necessarily feel that. It felt like the conversation was like still kind of a mess, but he wasn't like, what? Whoops. Yeah. 
that also kind of again makes sense for just like when this fic was written mm. like you have two movies worth of tony and pepper like on screen dynamic yeah. like you have a lot to work with tony and steve haven't fucking met yet <laughs> oh god wow that's true <laughs> yeah oh my god yeah this is wild this is blowing my mind like I think I, like, I, I might have referenced this in the beginning, but I was saying, like, I wondered if Jism had, like, pulled some lines from a trailer or something because some things echoed, like, canon. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the lines in the fic that, like, impacted me the most for Steve Tony actually echoed, like, a line in the comics. I have no idea if Jism read the comics, but it's a pretty iconic Steve Tony line. So in the, in the fic, Tony, go, or in the fic, Steve goes, Tony, Tony, I don't, it was awful before I met you. Half the time you're the only thing that makes this century bearable. Um, and one of the most uh, iconic Steve Tony lines from the comics is, um, like, uh, Steve going, are you kidding, Mr. Stark? When I woke up in this era, I had no one. Nothing. You gave me a purpose, somewhere to belong. You gave me a home. Which, oh, wow. catch me screaming forever about oh. that. Um, but, like, yeah, this line from Steve saying, like, you're the thing that makes this century bearable made me uh-huh. just think about the line, you gave me a home. Um, and so I wonder, too, like, about for the authors that were writing Steve Tony before Avengers came out, like, how many of them, even if they weren't, like, deep in comics, how many of them maybe, like, skirted the edges mm-hmm. of the, like, most popular Steve Tony things from comics? Because well, there's like, a lot of history there. Yeah. Yeah. I I obviously cannot speak to whether or not Jism read these comics. I don't know. <laughs> you don't um, have the insider Brandon, you're, you're info. in on the conspiracy. But, yeah, you know, I definitely, like, discuss this. I definitely remember, like, there being panels of like Steve Tony comic stuff going around Tumblr at this time, and like mm. I followed po- like Jism and other people like who were sort of in Jism's sphere. I feel like so. <laughs> I think it's very possible that he would have seen like some comic stuff, if not have read like all of them. Yeah, I don't know. All I know is like I when I was going into this like or into these fix like pre Avengers, like I had a little bit of knowledge about like what they're comic book relationship was not having actually read any of the comics but just having like absorbed like things that were posted on tumblr and like around the internet at that time makes sense i did just google it yeah the first um the first trailer for the first avengers movie was released on october 11th 2011 and this fic was posted october 28th 2011 so i think it's very possible if there are lines i didn't watch the trailer so though so i don't know what was included in it but i feel like that's mm-hmm. very possible that there would have been a couple scenes that could have been like referenced yeah i think in this time where everything is uncertain and honestly like also kind of sucky um it is nice to return to fandom things that we hold in our hearts um as has been kind of evident, like, all three of us brought some pretty different fix. Um, but, you know, we brought them because they're important to us for different reasons. And um, this one encapsulates, like, my my longest-running fandom, um, a fandom that is near and dear to my heart, no matter how far I think I distance myself from Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, I never truly escape it. I'm always willing to come back <laughs> to it and be in this space. Um, and this was a really lovely fic to do it with. Um, so, thanks, Jism. Dare you say, you're stony till you die. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, you know, I think I am. Put it on my tombstone, stony till I die. Well, there you have it.
about Fecklets. That's our first episode back after our unexpected hiatus and me waiting for some mail, which was a delivery of a new microphone so we could actually record this <laughs> in our separate homes. Um, I hope it has been an okay listening experience for you. I don't know what it's going to turn out like because we're still recording. Probably really um, well. I think perfectly. Probably really well. Yeah. Yeah, so we had picked out different fix for our next episode originally, um, meaning this episode, but we changed it up because we wanted to sort of do something that was a little bit more relevant to us in this present moment, um, and to kind of just talk a little bit about, like, how we've been feeling about fic and fandom and just how fucking weird everything is, but here we are. Um, next time we will be returning to our regularly scheduled programming, meaning a new episode every two weeks, um, and we will be reading the fics that we were originally going to read for this episode. Um, so my pick for next episode is going to be 15 Men in September by Ballantyne. It's a Black Sails Flint Silver fic um, that I am very excited to bring. My fic is going to be Come to Grips with a Sky that is Gaping by an orphan account, which is an American Girl Dolls fic. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's very good. Look forward to it. Um, and my pick is Worldwide Lonesome by Loin Dexter. It's a BTS fic, and it is Yoongi Jin. Oh my god, I cannot wait to talk about oh, this it's fic. So good. Yeah. Um, as always, you can find us on our social media on Twitter and Tumblr, um, at FitClick and at fitclick.tumblr.com. But if you're looking for a little more of an immersive experience, if you want pet picks, if you want to play games with us, you played Jackbox, you played Cards Against Humanity, um, if you want to recommend fix or talk about fic writing or talk about music or just like all of those like things that you can talk about with people that are cool, um, come <laughs> hit us up on our new Discord. We've been having a lot of fun over there. Um, it is linked on our Twitter, so go check it out. Uh, we have been having a lot of fun getting to know folks and connecting people with each other. So I think it's been a really great space, especially now that we are all uh, engaging with each other a lot more digitally. So um, please join us. We'd love that. Um, also, if you are like, oh my God, what do I do with all this money in my pocket? <laughs> oh, this is so tough. What a hard life. Um, we do have merch now. Hell yeah. <laughs> So I guess also, like, if you just have, like, a little bit of money and you're not feeling despairing about the fact that you have so much, um, that's also still fine. You can still buy our merch. Uh, we have stickers, mugs, notebooks, tote bags, I think, as well. Um, I don't remember. Some fun options. Check it out. The store is also linked um, on our Twitter and, like, our link tree and everything. So we have all kinds of fun little designs made by our very own Brenna. So shout out, Brenna. Thank I you. I think they're great. Yeah, so come hang out with us on our Discord, um, our Twitter, our Tumblr. Leave us a review um, on yes. Apple. It, like, really, really helps us and also makes our day. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, in the meantime, we hope that you all are staying safe and healthy, that you all are taking care of yourself as best you can. Um, we love you guys very, very much. Bye! Bye! Bye. <laughs> <laughs>